This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Let's get it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's a Tuesday edition of Odds on Sports. I'm your host, John Zastrzemski, and there's nothing going on tonight, right? All is quiet on the American front. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think we all know what's going on. I hope everybody did their civic duty. Hope everybody got out and made their voice heard on Election Day 2020. And listen, I'm not going to bore you with four hours of political talk or giving you the up-to-the-minute Biden-Trump odds, which I will do at some point. This is a wagering show. There are no sporting events going on. So in case that's something that maybe you want to you know, get involved with, God bless you if you do. We're probably going to be up deep into the night. Uh, the vice president from four years ago is a two-to-one favorite. The current incumbent president, Donald Trump, is at plus 155. Take that for what it's worth. You know, normally I could talk about line movement, uh, a, a line moving this way, a line moving that way. For me to honestly come on the air and, and tell you, oh, this is the way the winds are shifting. This is the way you got to place your wager down on the election. Please, uh, I'm not going to insult everybody's intelligence out there. But that is the line. Take it for what it's worth. And we'll go through a couple of the state-by-state state lines if you really want to have some fun over the course of the evening. Now, last night, Monday Night Football between the Giants and the Buccaneers. Once again, the Giants were good enough to lose. And it's amazing. We gave out, and we don't do this very, very often here on the Odds On Sports program. We gave you a two-team teaser that ended up losing in gut-wrenching, heartbreaking fashion. Tampa kicking a field goal. We had Tampa tees down with the under. And then, of course, Daniel Jones hits a couple of fourth-down conversions, hits Golden Tate for the touchdown under the final minute of regulation, and we know what happened on the two-point play. And I took a whole lot of heat doing the show yesterday. You can get on the officiating for, you know, initially throwing the flag and then picking it back up. Watching it live, I had no problem with the call. I had no issue with the call. To me, that was good defense by Antoine Winfield Jr., but that was a game in which the Giants covered the number. It was a game in which I'm sure a whole lot of teasers were blown up on that final possession of the game, but that is life in the NFL, especially when it comes to a heavy favorite, a publicly backed favorite, and going down that rabbit hole in a primetime Monday night spot. We take our medicine, we eat it, 
and we look forward to what we'll be seeing on Thursday and on Sunday. And my goodness, the line between the Packers and the Niners, just right out of the gate, that game's a couple of days away, it has skyrocketed. Open Green Bay minus four. Now remember, Green Bay not going to have two of their running backs. We have no idea what's going on with Aaron Jones because of everything involved with COVID-19. Um, so I don't know who's running the football for Green Bay, but for San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco is just ravaged. They are ravaged from an injury standpoint. Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo and what you've seen on the defensive line. A lot of people look at the Super Bowl hangover. And I think it's a Super Bowl hangover this year for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's boys. I think it's far more due to the fact that, you know, the injury bug has gotten in the way and has played a major role in probably preventing San Francisco from making a postseason this year. I know last week we were speculating about the fact that maybe, just maybe, you would see four NFC West teams go to the postseason. I can't see that now with the San Francisco 49ers. couple of interesting notes on some line moves as we look ahead to Sunday. I wondered, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, would that line be altered at all by Tampa Bay kind of giving you a so-so lackluster showing against the Giants? Well, I got my answer. It was a big, fat no as Tampa opened that four and a half And now as I look, basically consensus across the board, five and a half's everywhere. Unless you're going out to the Westgate in Nevada and you're going to take Tampa Lane five. Otherwise, they are five and a half across the board, which to me is a very fair, reasonable, smart line. I have to go back to see what the week one line was between the Saints and the Buccaneers. I want to say it was either three and a half or four and a half. But with the way Tampa has looked, I could see why that line is a little bit jacked up. Giants in Washington, this line has moved now a full half point. And I understand why it's moved a full half point. Giants played well. Despite their quarterback turning the football over like it's nobody's freaking business. That line opened at three and a half. Maybe could have got it on Sunday night, Monday afternoon, depending on what your sports book may be. Now, I think it's a fair three. And I would not be shocked and stunned in the least if they moved the Giant game off of that key number three and maybe even get a two and a half in some sports books. Would not shock me. And what on note, we're going to bring this up to Ross Tucker. How did the Green Bay Packers not trade for a wide receiver? I mean, if I am Aaron Rodgers, I am losing my mind. I need help. I mean, you know, the back nine of my prime, I'd love to win another Super Bowl. I mean, the team went out and took two basically useless players for this 2020 season. Useless. Didn't help the defense. Didn't get them a primetime bonafide stud as a weapon when they could have. And now they can't make a play for a four or this or that. Yeah, I'd be ticked off too. And everybody in the world is on the Green Bay Packers. I'm seeing 81% of the tickets on them laying five and a half on Thursday night. All right, we got a lot to get to here on Odds On Sports. We will look forward and look ahead to a couple of the other games that are coming up on Sunday. I I, I promise you some fun with some of these political odds. I'll give you the odds by odds by odds breakdown in all of these swing states. If that's something you want to get involved with, don't expect my expert analysis on that because I'd be 
just fibbing. I'd be lying to you guys, and I ain't going to do that. That's not what I'm about. That's not how I roll. Well, welcome in Ross Tucker for Tuck's Takes, and of course, your calls at 877-337-6666. It's Odds on Sports. We're right here on The Fan. We get it all rolling right after this. Welcome back to Odds On Sports right here on The Fan. And now to recap what was a rather eventful weekend in the NFL. And, you know, it's not like there's, you know, a whole lot going on tonight. It's a rather quiet night on the American front. I kid, I kid, I kid. Let's welcome in my main man, Ross Tucker for Tux Takes. Ross, good hearing your voice once again. What's happening, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great. I just couldn't believe that all these cities were boarding up their stores because of the NFL trade deadline. It's not that big a deal whether or not your team makes a move at the trade deadline that people have to be boarding up these shops. You know what I mean? Talk about the absolute overreaction for a whole lot of NFL inactivity when it comes to the deadline, Ross. Let's start there. What are the Green Bay Packers doing? You know, you heard all sorts of rumors earlier in the day. They were in on Will Fuller. They were trying to add a wide receiver. I mean, I look at the Packers and what they didn't do with the deadline. I look at their draft and taking a quarterback and a running back over the first two rounds. And, Ross, listen, they're a good team. They're probably going to make the postseason. But if I were Aaron Rodgers, I'd be all sorts of angry. Of course. I mean, just like he was after the draft. They made a decision that rather than trying to help Aaron Rodgers get back to a second Super Bowl, and, yeah, that's right. If, in case you forgot, he's only gotten to one. Rather than trying to help him do that, they decided that they wanted to try to get better for three years from now. It, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like the new GM, Gutekunst, and LaFleur, they went 13-3 and last year, went to the NFC Championship game. So it's almost like they realized that they bought themselves a few years there <laughs> with the job. So they wanted to make sure – that they're set for a couple years from now when Rodgers leaves, I guess, although they don't really need to get him out of there. And the way he's playing, why would you? Ross, the Giants obviously locally continue to find ways to lose. They're fighting for this head coach. I don't think there's any question about that. Their defense is clearly much improved. That, to me, is an encouraging sign. But again, with the quarterback, two brutal interceptions in the second half of that game. So twofold here. What would your concern level be about Daniel Jones and his future being a top-notch quarterback in this league? Number two, Ross, this line against Washington opened at three and a half, down to three. Do you think the Giants' competitive effort against the Buccaneers pushed that down a half point, give or take? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes down to two and a half. I mean, I, I don't know. For, nobody's going to lay the points with Washington. So, of course, if you're going to do anything, you're going to take the points with the Giants. I think enough people will do that, that it'll push it down to two and a half. I said today on the Even Money Betting Podcast that I like the Giants for two units getting the three and a half. Look, they, they don't lose any game by a lot. I mean, they, they are a competitive football team. Now, a lot of times they end up losing, you know, at the end of the game by a point or two, like the Eagles, like the Bucks, but they're in it. And now they're playing the Washington football team. Who are they to be laying any points? So I like the Giants getting the points in that one. Uh, as for Daniel Jones, we're getting right around to the point, J.J., 
what is he, 25, you know, 20 some starts into his career now? We're getting close to the point where you have to start to wonder if he's going to figure it out. You know, I mean, he's made some of the same mistakes over and over again. I kind of like him. I like his athleticism. I kind of defend him. I mean, even that last drive, that throw to Golden Tate, but it's so hard to win when you make some of the decisions that he made. You know what's weird? Even like, I don't know if it was the 4th and 5 or 4th and 16, he's got really bad pocket presence. Like, he slid into the D-end before he tried to make the throw that should have been picked. It's, where are you going? Step up in the pocket. So the pocket presence and the decision-making are major concerns. Um, would you say the turnovers are correctable? Is that something he can fix, or do you think that's kind of his M.O. as a quarterback? I think um, you can fix it marginally. In other words, you know, let's say he's a uh, 25 turnover a year guy between fumbles and interceptions. I think he can get the, that down to 20, maybe even 15. But I just don't see someone like that kind of going cold turkey and only having five to ten turnovers a year. I just don't see it. I mean, you know, it's not like he's a rookie anymore. And I know he's still a young player and a new system, blah, blah, blah. But some of the throws he's trying to make, some of the decisions he makes are really mind-boggling. I think it almost then, you know, handcuffs Garrett a little bit as a play caller after that because he knows he doesn't want him to, to do it again, doesn't want him to screw it up. Russ, the game of the week, and it's the one I can't wait to watch, New Orleans and Tampa on Sunday night. Line opened at four and a half, and with Tampa struggling against the Giants, I was wondering which way that line would move. It goes up a full point. It's now Tampa laying five and a half. Are you surprised that line has ticked in favor of the Buccaneers? A little bit, yeah. No, I think the Bucks are good. I think they're the best team in the NFC. You know, not, you know, last night notwithstanding, not their best performance. But the Saints are highly competitive. The Saints are going to be in that game. It's too many points, man. I mean, maybe the Bucks win, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints win the football game. If you're going to give me five and a half points with Drew Brees, the way he's playing right now, you know, they just went on the road in Chicago and won. Bucks on a short week. It's another one where... I said this today on the Even Money podcast. I really like the Saints getting the points. That's another two-unit bet for me. You know, these dogs, I think, have a chance to win the game, getting more than a field goal, or in this case, five and a half. Love it. Russ, final one. Your biggest winner and your biggest loser from what you watch Sunday and Monday. I mean, for my money, the Steelers going on the road, overcoming a double-digit deficit against the Ravens and finding a way to win that game. I think it's clear-cut now. They are the biggest challenger to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Curious to get your take. Biggest winner, biggest loser from what we saw over the weekend. Yeah, clearly biggest winner is the Steelers, I think, because they didn't play great, right? I mean, they allowed the Ravens to run for over 200 yards, and they still won the game. They still have pole position to get that incredibly important number one seed. I mean, meanwhile, the Ravens, I'll say the Ravens are the worst, you know, the the ones that was hurt the most because now the Ravens are essentially two and a half games behind the Steelers. It's hard to imagine them winning the division. And so the difference in that game now is the Steelers are in position where they may only have to play two home playoff games to go to the Super Bowl. The Ravens, 
barring some collapse by the Steelers, they're going to have to play three road playoff games, and they're just not good enough. Lamar's not playing good enough. They're not playing good enough as a team. They lose Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle. They're not good enough to win three road playoff games. So that was best and worst in the same game. Ross, you're the absolute best. It's good having you back aboard. We'll get into uh, Tua Tebow the next time we have a conversation because that was a Tebow-esque line. But, hey, for my Dolphins, a win is a win and a cover is a cover. Enjoy your evening, my friend. We'll chat tomorrow. Later, all right, bro? All right. Sounds great, JJ. Great work by Ross Tucker, as always. And we're on the same page with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are rolling right now. They are cooking right now. And I think if there's a team to prevent Kansas City from getting to a Super Bowl, Pittsburgh Steelers are the team. Now, if you want to have some fun with the election tonight, from a wagering standpoint, of course, you got to do so responsibly. The odds to win the election, we discussed at the top of the show. Vice President Biden is 2-1, to one, basically, his favorite. President Trump is around plus 155. Now, somebody tweeted at me wondering, what is the total number of electoral votes? Well, the total number for electoral votes right now is over under 308 and a half. And, you know, not that I am some, you know, electoral college expert. Everything I read, everything I hear indicates it's going to be a close election. I would go under for the winner at 308. I I like that a lot. Now, a couple of the states. Florida's been jacked up like crazy. It was like minus 180 for the president earlier in the day. It's now minus 260 right now for the president. So that tells you... They think the president's going to win Florida. Arizona, even money split. Georgia, it's amazing talking about Georgia being in play for both candidates. Minus 240 for the president. Iowa, he's a hefty favorite at minus 450. Now, Michigan and Minnesota, he's a dog. You find some value there. If you think he's going to win either Michigan or Minnesota, you can get plus 220. You can get plus 280. North Carolina, I see the president at minus 155. Now, Pennsylvania. Might be a big state tonight. The president to win is at plus 140. Basically, the odds for Pennsylvania are the same odds that you get for the actual election. So, I'm playing Florida tonight myself. I'm going to take the president to win Florida. And I'm going to take, hmm, the vice president to go and win the state of Michigan. At 3-1. to one. Uh, I think he finds a way to win the state of Michigan. So, all right. There are my two election plays for you. I'm not actually playing the election. I, I just wanted to give these odds to you guys because we don't have a sporting event tonight. All right. Let's head to Nutley, New Jersey. David joins us. What's happening, Dave? Hey, JJ. Great show. Thanks, man. David, my um, pleasure. What's happening, dude? Listen, I, w- I want to, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned about Aaron Rodgers hollering for receivers. Well, how about my man Drew Brees? Well, in fairness to Breeze, though, David, they're missing Michael Thomas with an injury. Emmanuel Sanders, who you brought in. But, David, you brought in Emmanuel Sanders. The guy contracted COVID. I I mean, what what do you want Mickey Loomis to do? I mean, they had an incident where one of their better receivers ends up getting the virus, and and Michael Thomas is hurt. They have talent compared to what Green Bay is working with. Drastically different. Well, they're working with Deontay Harris and, and the kid off the practice squad from the Patriots, uh, Arno, and uh, Jerry Cook. I mean, and they're getting hit with hurricane after hurricane, and they're winning, and they're winning, and they're winning. 
Listen, David, that's a testament to Drew Brees, you know, Sean Payton, that defense, and, you know, their way they're playing as a whole. They're doing a very good job of that. That is totally reasonable. That is totally fair. However, I am not a believer in the Saints this year as a Super Bowl team. I think they've won a lot of close games. I think they've won a couple of fluky games. And if you're going to ask me point blank, who's the better team, Tampa or New Orleans? I'm rolling with Tampa all day, every day. Let's head to Tenafly. Morty is up next. What's happening, Morty? JJ, how are you? Thank you Morty, I'm doing okay, ball. man. What's happening, dude? Nothing. You know, last night you didn't, you didn't take the Giants with the points. Yeah, you, listen, you, Morty, you I own it. But I, let's, let's be fair about this, Morty. Let's be fair about this. I didn't love the number last night. And I made that perfectly clear to anybody who was listening. My tease, though, Morty, that was sitting pretty with about three minutes to play went completely up in flames over that final drive of the game. So, listen, you ended up taking the Giants. More power to you. Good win. Job well done. You know, because growing up, all the miserables, they would always tell you, oh, the Giants never cover at home. The Giants never cover at home. You know, I just, I felt like they they had it in them. And it's just sad to see, you know, Daniel Jones. And, you know, we hope that he goes in the right direction. I mean, well, he's got to stop turning the football over. That's where you got to start, Marty. I mean, the turnovers from Daniel Jones, if we could bet week in and week out, is Daniel Jones going to have a turnover? If we could have done that now in every single one of his starts, Marty, me and you would have second home somewhere on the Long Island Sound or down in Florida because every single game in his NFL career, he's been turning the football over. That's got to come to an end. It's so sad because, like, he has it, man. He just, he's like, it's, he's so close. And, and, I, and I've discussed this with you, and thank you. And it's like, he's so close to being, he could be so much better than, like, Eli. He has it. Like, listen, well, listen, he's got a long way to go, Marty, before he's going to be rivaling, you know, a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's going to be, you know, on the same level as a giant legend like Eli Manning. Daniel Jones has mobility. He throws a pretty ball. But I do wonder, will he be able to shake the narrative of the pressure and whether or not he can handle the pressure and the blitz and all the stuff that comes with it? Right now, to me, that is a million-dollar question because game in and game out, he's turned the football over like crazy. Let's head to Connecticut. Russ joins us. What's happening, Russ? JJ, I'm going to talk politics, but while you're on Daniel Jones, I think he's a turnover machine, and I think he, he's lumped. Blown two of the games for the Giants. They'd be three and five right now with a decent. Well, oh, I can't fight you on that, Russ. Think about it for a minute. The Ram game, he threw a late interception that was a killer. Correct. Bear game, Correct. late interception that was a killer. Last night, Steeler last game, night and last, last night, night, Russ. If you get adequate, competent quarterback play in the second half of that game, you win, you win. by seven to ten points. Thank you, JJ. Fourteen six. He's got uh, Slayton streaking up the left sideline for a touchdown. Anyway, I want to talk politics, and I want to give you my play for tonight. Uh, and that is Mr. Donald Trump, plus 185 he's at right now, plus 185 on the election. He's the incumbent underdog, no respect. I guess they didn't learn from four years ago that these are fake polls. And well, listen, Russ, Trump when it comes to the polling, you're on to something there. Now, I haven't seen 185 anywhere. So if you got 185, more power to you. I'm looking at 155 right now. So you're rolling with the president plus the odds. God bless you. I am not going to make this a political show over the next three and a half hours. That I can guarantee you. But from an odd standpoint, I'm willing to discuss it. You're wrong with the president. More power to you. Good luck. All right, we got a lot more to do. We got giant reaction. 
We'll get to Joe Douglas's comments and some of the interesting things he had to say in meeting members of the media. We got a lot more of your calls to get to at 877-337-6666. We'll come right back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 